Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. It's called For the Sake of the Gospel. For the Sake of the Gospel. So get your notebook, get your Bible, get ready within your heart to hear the Word of God, prepare yourself. You know, this is a preparation time for the church. This is a preparation time for you, for your family. Because there is coming a day when God will send his son Jesus back. And in that moment, we rejoice. But right now, it's time to see thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people saved, set free, and come to know Jesus. It is up to me and you to be the preacher that God has enabled us to be today on this earth. You say, I'm a preacher. Yes, you are. You are a minister of the gospel. It's not just from a pulpit where you see a preacher. No, it's right from your home. It's right from your work. It's right from the street. It's right from where you go to the cafe. You are an ambassador of Christ. You are representing who God is Everywhere you go, you are proclaiming the gospel. Everywhere you go, you are proclaiming the good news, who Jesus is, what he's done in your life. You know, we, most of us have an understanding of this, but a lot of times we don't live it. And that's what I want to talk about today. But first I want to start, about, start talking to you and giving you an understanding of who you serve. Do you know if you call yourself a Christian... You are a Christ follower. You follow after Christ. So today, my series is for the sake of the gospel, I will follow. For the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the good news, for the sake of what God's done in my life and what he's given to me through his son Jesus, I will follow. Will you follow today? Will you take that step and continue to step forward and continue to move forward? And continue to allow your focus, your determination, your purpose, your drive, your passion, your hunger to be centered and on the priorities of the things of God. On this kingdom that we call the kingdom of God. Not the kingdom of this world, but the kingdom of God. You serve God if you call yourself a Christian. Who is God? He is the great I am. We see that Moses encounters God. And he says, who are you? He says, I am. He says, how will they know you? He says, tell them who I am. I am. He is. He is the Lord Almighty. Who is God? He is El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty. He is El Elohim, the Most High God. He is Adonai, the Lord Master. He is Yahweh, Lord Jehovah. He is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. He is Jehovah Ra, the Lord my shepherd. Come on. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. He is Jehovah Shama, the Lord is there. He is Jehovah Sikkanu, the Lord our righteousness. He is Jehovah, and I'm probably going to butcher this, Mechadishkim, the Lord who sanctifies you. He is Elam, El Elam, the everlasting God. He is Elohim, God. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. Jehovah Sabbath, the Lord of hosts. This is who our God is. Every single problem you have, every single question you have, 
Everything where there's not clarity, where there's confusion, where there's questions, God has given you the answer. And it's through his son, Jesus. It's through his word. If you have doubts, if you have unbelief, if you have, if you're wavering, if you don't understand things, do you know you can turn to God? It's in his word. You can turn to him every single day. What is the main focus of your life? What is the priority? You know, you think about your day and you break it down. What's the one thing that keeps you from going in God's presence? What's the one thing that stops you from encountering him? What's the one thing that has brought guilt, shame, and condemnation on your life to make it seem like you can't go to God? Whatever you're facing today, whatever that weakness is, whatever that circumstance is, whatever that perception or idea is, because I'm also speaking to you, unbeliever, to the person that doesn't believe in God, to the person that's on the rocks, to the person that doesn't know if he's real or if he's not, to the person that is saying, you know, I love God, I want to serve him, but it's hard because I'm so caught up with today. I'm so caught up with the things of this world, and they are defeating me. I'm on the brink right now of even wanting to take my life. I'm on the brink of even wanting to give up and quit. We have seen that within this past two years of people taking their lives because they're living for today. Because today has consumed them. We know that sin leads to death. But let me remind you, Christian, that you are no longer a sinner, but you are saved by faith through grace. You are saved by grace through faith. Today, you have a covenant. And that covenant is with our Lord. You have been given access to God through his son Jesus. You no longer have to be separated. You no longer have to be cut away. But no, you can come to the Father through his son. The veil has been torn, and now you have access to him. Today, God has provided every answer for you through his son Jesus. This is who we serve. And if this is who we serve, don't you think the world should know? Don't you think your brother your mother, your father, your wife, your husband, your children, your co-workers, your friends, this region, this community, this world, this country should know that. We see Jesus appear on the scene. And for three and a half years, he set the course for all of humanity. He changed the direction for humankind. He brought us into relationship with God through giving himself. This is the gospel. See, right now, why am I saying this? In order to follow after anything, we must know what we are following after. You know, you got a lot of people that will preach certain things will speak about certain things that they don't have knowledge of. I mean, we see that today on Facebook and on Instagram and any social media platform. We are seeing that at a large scale today that it is so easy to take our experiences, our ideas, our perspectives, and line them up with certain train of thoughts. And we say, well, that sounds right. It must be right. And we as Christians have to be cautious. We have to guard our heart and our mind to not be susceptible to these things, to not be deceived. We saw deception in the garden when the snake came up to Eve and he 
changed the way he said it to her to trick her from hearing it correctly. And he said, won't you become a god if you eat of this? He manipulated. He deceived. And we know what happened. She sinned. And then Adam sinned. And they were taken out of the garden. They were separated from God because of their sin. But see, God has given us an answer for that sin. And that is Jesus. You can now come to the throne of grace boldly and obtain mercy. See, today you are saying that my sin stops you. No, God has given you an answer for that sin. If you right now are being dominated and that sin is having dominion over your life, that is because you haven't rightly appropriated what God has done in your life. That's all that is. That means you haven't applied the blood. That means that you really haven't come to the knowledge and the understanding of what is changing you because you have changed from the inside out. Meaning, as you recognize and you understand what's been changing you, it comes out of you. You don't talk the same way you do. You don't live the same way you do. You don't have the same passions and desires and lusts. All those things that are beating you up end. You're saying, can it really get that way? Yeah, it can. But it comes from a pursuit. It comes from, for the sake of the gospel, Lord, I will follow you. For the sake of the gospel, that cause is worth me giving my life to it, no matter my condition. That cause is good enough. Everything about it is good enough for me to give my life. We see Jesus do that. For the sake of the gospel, he gave his life. For the sake of the word that he spoke, he gave his life. You know, Jesus at any moment could have said, I'm not going to do this. He was a man. We know that he was tempted just like us. He had every opportunity to say, I need to stay here with them. They need me. And there was times. We see him in the garden right before he was sold, given up. Right before that moment, Jesus was saying, is there another way? But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Is that your prayer today? Is that your attitude? Is that your, just everything within you says, God, not my will, but your will be done. See, people will follow after anything with very little knowledge of it. (laughs) I laugh because it's true, and I understand that, and I believe that everyone can see that. And you can agree with that. People with little knowledge of something will follow after it. You know, and you have that same idea in the church. People don't have much knowledge and understanding when it comes to being a Christian. And so this example that we're living, this person we are living, this characteristics that we have as a Christian, because that's what we call ourselves, it's not really evident. You can't really tell. Because you do the same things you used to do. You act the same way you used to act. You do what everybody else does in this other kingdom, this kingdom of darkness. And so it's hard to tell if you really do believe it, if you really do live it. This might be challenging to some because it might bring you to a place where you understand that you have to die to yourself. That you have to give up everything. In a moment, I'm going to talk to you about what it costs to follow him. I don't think we understand that there's a cost. I don't think we understand that there was a commitment. It's not about just saying a prayer and that's it and it's done. No, it's about committing your life to him. It's about growing in him. It's about fellowship every day in his word, having a desire and a passion. Do you know that you're not on this earth for very long? At best, most of us 
average 85 years. 85 years. And we have come to the realization, we have tasted, we have encountered God, we have had revelation and understanding of who God is and what he's given to us. And we are still worried about today. We are still worried about money. We are still worried about everything in this life. We're so caught up with it. But let me remind you, church, that all that will fade. All that, what you're striving for, what you're pursuing after, it means nothing. You see, Solomon, he lived what we would call living in today. He experienced everything. And even him, he said, it meant nothing. It was a bunch of smoke. Today, I'm urging you, for the sake of the gospel, will you follow? And what I mean by follow, what do I mean? This is it. If you do something for the sake of something, you do it for that purpose in order to achieve that result. Let me say that again. If you do something for the sake of something, you do it for that purpose or in order to achieve that result. You can also say that you do it for something's sake. So for the sake of the gospel or for gospel's sake, I will follow him. My purpose, my drive, everything about me That's the focus. What is the gospel? So in order to be in this, we have to have knowledge. What is the gospel? Well, we know the gospel, simply put, is the good news. This good news. Well, what is the good news? Well, we were dead in trespass and sin. That's the first thing. Doesn't sound good, but it's going to get good. Hold on. You were dead in trespass and sin. You were still in your old man, living according to the system of this world, living according to the way of this world. Religion couldn't save you. Goals couldn't change you. (laughs) Nothing could satisfy you. Drugs couldn't do it. Liquor couldn't do it. Men or women couldn't do it. Nothing could satisfy you. Everything that you tried took you down a path of death or destruction, and ultimately, we see death. So what needed to happen? There needed to be a sacrifice given for your sin, for the sin of humanity. And who did this? God. He provided a way, and that way was giving his son Jesus for you and me. Jesus lived on this earth as a man. He demonstrated and showed his power and love to all. He preached the kingdom of God. He preached a completely whole new idea. Even the religious, the Pharisees and Sadducees, couldn't comprehend. It took them to the point where they got angry and they killed him. They murdered him. He died for you. He died in our place. And after his death, he defeated death. He defeated hell. He defeated grave, the grave by resurrecting from the dead. Our 
Savior, Jesus, the Redeemer, our Lord, our King, resurrected from the dead. And within that, gave life to all humanity that would choose to receive it. Notice the word choice, choose. We have a choice. This isn't a decision. Let me help you right now. We're not trying to make a decision for Christ. No, we either make a choice or we don't. I'm not trying to hear a bunch of ideas and opinions on something then decide if it's right or not. No, I make a choice because I know it's truth. I'm not trying to come to a conclusion. No, I see that God is real. This isn't a journey. You hear this a lot within Christendom, that I'm on a journey. And all that is is a justification for their sin and for the justification of their lifestyle because they don't want to change, because they want to stay within that and try to find these ideas within what we call the gospel and try to live a certain way. That's why you have so many Christians that do not look like Christians, that don't act like Christians. They are so caught up in this world that they're probably not even saved. You say, well, that's hard line. No. It's an understanding that if Jesus gave his life for us, there's a cost to serving him. It says in so many scriptures that we're about to go through that it's going to cost you something. It's not about just doing right things just to do good things. No. It's about coming to the realization and understanding that because of him, I live differently because there's people that need to know him. Do you know that you're a witness that you're a preacher, and if they see that you are just like them, it ain't going to win them over. We don't have to be relevant. <laughs> I mean, we, we've come under this idea that we got to be relevant. we got to be cool. we got to be hip. No, you don't. No, you need to be holy. You need to live righteous and right standing with God. You need to live according to his word because they're going to see that there is a standard that needs to be lived. They're going to see that there is a standard that they need to live up to. And in order to do that, they can only do it through God. Where are you, are you relying on today? Are you relying on your own strength or are you relying on God? The gospel, this good news, is what we live and what we preach. Turn your Bible to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. This is the part where I put a joke in and make it feel light and make it feel better. <laughs> Come on, we're going to get through this. But I believe everyone needs to hear this. Luke chapter 5, we see Jesus and Peter. This is the first time Peter meets Jesus. Now, the beauty of this, we know what happens. If you've read the Bible, or if you've heard a story, if you saw someone preach, you know that Peter is a disciple. He's a follower of Christ. That's what that disciple means, following Christ. But from the, our perception today, or from our perspective today, we're going to see it in the eyes of Peter. Because Peter doesn't know who Jesus is, doesn't know he's the Messiah yet doesn't know that he's the savior of the world, that he's going to do all these things, miracles, signs, and wonders. He has no clue. He's just a man. 
And let's start our text in Luke 5, chapter 2. And I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version, so it may be a little different on the screen. And it says, And he saw two boats by the lake. This is Jesus. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. And getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked them to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So let's think of this. We're fishermen today, okay? And we're going fishing. We're going on a you know, guided fishing trip. We got our guys with us, our team, you know, or maybe we're shrimp boat captains. And we're going out to sea, and we're going to go fishing. And we've been toiling all night. We've been fishing. We haven't caught a thing. We're tired. We want to go back home. We want to get a good meal. We want to be with the family. And we're cleaning up. We're cleaning the boat, cleaning the nets, taking care of things. And a man comes up to us and says, hey, take me out. <laughs> What do you think Peter's reaction was? And I'm like, you're crazy. It's okay to read in between these lines because we don't see every single little conversation, every word that was said, you know, and they are people. So I would imagine they would be thinking like us. You know, if someone was to come to you and say, hey, take me out. I know you've been fishing all day, but let's just go out. Come on. You'd be like, nah. Like, yeah, yeah, right. I'm not doing that, right? Of course you would. Why wouldn't you? It isn't going to be like, yeah, sure, let's go. Because he doesn't know who he is yet. But it says, as he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and talked to people from the boat. So we got to think about it. Peter now has obviously agreed to take Jesus out. We don't know what was said, what was spoken, what he'd said to him in order to get him out. But he obviously convinced him. And now Jesus, who has power... Is preaching. Well, we know what he's preaching. He's teaching on the kingdom of God because that's what he taught everywhere he went. And Peter is sitting on the boat probably, maybe just leaning back, chilling and listening to this guy. And he's like, oh, my gosh. I'm hearing things I've never heard. Can you, can you, and he's probably talking to this, like, can you believe this guy? Like, look, listen to what he's saying. There's no telling what Jesus was saying. So Jesus is teaching and it says when he finished speaking, so remember, he taught, now there's going to be some demonstration. He said to Simon, put out into the deep and let your, down your nets for a catch. Now, I don't know about you, but I would have been like, look, we fish in this spot already. Like, I know, like, hearing you talk, hearing you teach, like, you're saying some stuff, I don't, like, it's... Just questioning me, like, oh my, there's a, there's confliction within me, you know. I don't know if it's right, if it's wrong, but hearing it, it makes sense. So Peter, he says, you know what, Master, we toiled all night, we took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. He called him Master, so that means to me that from the teaching that Jesus gave, he could already begin to see. Who Jesus was. He began to already have an understanding. And see, this is what happens. This is the first time we see Peter come in contact with the gospel. He comes in contact with the good news. He comes in contact with Jesus. See, we know what happens. We know that he's going to follow him. And it's because of the gospel. 
See, the effect of the gospel will change you. I don't know about you, but if you were my dad in 1996, who was a drug addict, an alcoholic, had issues with other things, you wouldn't recognize him today from that man. Because of the gospel, it changed him. Maybe you have the same story or something of that nature. You could say, you know what? The person I am today, the man I am, the woman I am, I am no longer the person I used to be because of the gospel. The gospel affected you. It changed you. It changed your mind. It changed your ideas. It changed your perspective. It changed your very nature. Do you know that you are a new creation in Christ? This is what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. For the old things have passed away. Behold, you are a new creature, a new creation. You're new in Christ. That means your nature's changed. You're no longer that person you used to be. You no longer live according to those things, to the way of the world, the system of the world. No, because you may be in the world, but you're not of the world. This is what the gospel has done. And for the sake of that, It causes us to follow because now you are a follower of Christ. Because of hearing the gospel and receiving it and believing it, it has changed you to follow after him. You no longer follow the things of this world. You no longer follow after money, after career, after legacy, after any of that. No, it's after him. Because all that really at the end of it doesn't matter. So what we try to lay up here, it's going to... Rust, decay, you know, it's hilarious when Christians get this revelation understanding of God, but they still try to live like everybody else. Like, we think it's, it's going to work. It ain't going to work. You're not going to see the effect of the gospel in your life to its full extent that it could be. It's going to be like this constant roller coaster back and forth. Like, why am I not seeing God? Why am I not experiencing God? Why am I not hearing God? Why am I not encountering God? Why do I feel like I have no power? And I'm a Christian. If you are a Christian and you feel like you have no power, that's not because of him. That's not because he hasn't given us power, because we know he's given it to us. He's not doing it over and over. He's already given it to us. You just got to receive it. You got to drink of it. You got to partake of it. You got to partner with it. It's not him. He's done his part. You got to do something. And to get in this idea and say, well, I don't have to do anything. God's done everything. I just, that, that's, that's a lie. No, that, that's just wanting to be comfortable. That's wanting to be lazy. That's wanting not to give up anything. That's wanting to live still this self-life, this self-centered, it's about me. You know, let me tell you now, becoming a Christian, you did not get an addition to your life. It isn't like, you know, I'm Jacob, my surname's Carr, and now I've become a Christian, and so that's just an addition to my life. I do that on Sunday mornings. I don't do it anytime else. No, that's not what happened. No, it's my life has been changed. I have given everything to him. So now he is the head and I am the body. Everything that I do is centered and focused and the priority is him. That means my life, my marriage, my job, my kids, everything I do, everything, whether I work in church or if I work in a secular job, it don't matter. Everything. My life's been changed. It's been transformed like Romans chapter 12 says. It's transformed. 
Peter heard and he listened. And he says, Master, at your word, I will let down the nets. So we got normal day. You're on the boat. Jesus says, hey, throw the nets out. And you heard. You said, you know what? What you're saying makes sense. I'll do it. I'll take that step. You throw your nets out. You throw your fishing line out. We'll say it that way. But we'll just, let's use nets. Like, I think, I think being a shrimp boat captain is better. You know? You throw your nets out. Now, in your mind, like, I'm doing this. I know I haven't caught anything before, but this guy's telling me to. Remember, he's not Savior, Messiah, any of that yet. He says, teacher, I'll do it. Throws out the nets. And it says when they'd done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. Because of his obedience, because of the gospel, it changed him. And not staying on this too much longer, it says that the nets were breaking and they were signaling to their partners on other boats to come and help them. And they came and they filled the, both the boats so they began to sink. The gospel won't only affect you, it will affect the people around you. Come on, that should get you excited. That means, oh, I'm about to preach. That means you got a family member that doesn't know God. You got a mother that doesn't know God. You got a father that doesn't know God. You got a child that doesn't know God. You got someone that you know that's a friend that doesn't know God. Because of the effect and the change that it's had in your life, it's going to cause them to know God because of what has happened. You see it right here. It said that he called to others to come get some fish. Because of what has changed his life, it's going to change there. And I'm telling you right now, don't doubt in your mind that your family member is not going to know God. But begin to believe that what's changed you, that's what affected you, that what's changed the course of your life is going to change their course. It's going to cause them to be healed. It's going to cause them to be free. It's going to cause them to see God the way you see God. It's going to cause them to experience and encounter God the way you have encountered God. I'm telling you today, I believe that is true. I believe that the gospel is effective. And for the sake of the gospel, if you will follow after it, other people that see your pursuit, other people that see your drive, other people that see your hunger that see your desire because that's what it's about when people see that I'm hungry for God when people see that I want to know God they're going to say why is he like that why is he so set on knowing Jesus and having this relationship and you can see it in him you can see the fruit of it and because of it it makes me want to know something about this it makes me want to say you know maybe this is real because I see this guy that's living in a time where it's all hell's breaking loose there's chaos there's so many things going on but if somehow he's stand, stand standing in his faith He's steadfast. He's stronger than ever. Come on, because that's you and me. We're stronger than ever. We're not worried. We're not in fear. We're not giving up. We're not quitting. But we know something that they don't know. And they see this and say, you know what? There has to be something right. There has to be something real about this. There has to be something genuine about this. And because of that, they know God. They come to know him through your witness. Through that light, through that follow, through that pursuit. Church, it says in Mark chapter 8, verse 35. And I'm going to read two translations. First one's going to be the amplified, amplified. Actually, no, first one's going to be the New Living Translation. 
says in Mark chapter 8, verse 35, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, the sake of the good news, you will save it. The Amplified says this. I think they actually have that version, the Amplified. Just click the other translation, Mark 8, 35. It says, for whosoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. If you're living for today, I'm telling you right now, it's going to lead you to death. Eventually. If you're living for the things of this world and you're trying to be a Christian and you're wondering why it's so hard, I'm telling you right now, because it's going to cause death. It's going to be a distraction. It's going to be something that's eating and taking at you. And just ultimately, it's like Mike was saying, it's poison and it will kill you. But whosoever loses his life in this world, then that's what we are as Christians. We gave up everything. You gave up everything when you decided to follow after Christ. Not my will, but your will be done. Not my life. I don't care. I'll give up everything. I'll give it. Just like Jesus said. You know, you see it in a moment that Peter, when the rich young ruler, let me collect my thoughts, rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, I will follow you. And he said, okay, go sell all that you have and follow me. And then if you keep on reading, Peter says, man, it's going to be hard to give up or hard to follow after you. And what does Jesus say? Anyone that gives up mothers, fathers, daughters, sons, children, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold in this life, or a hundred times in this life, in the life to come. He knew that was going to be a cost, but there's also reward. Right here it says, whoever loses his life in this world for my sake and the gospel's sake will save it from the consequences of sin and separation from God. See, that's it. You are still living for today, and that sin is causing separation. That sin is causing consequence. Today, be born again. Live in that new nature. Don't allow yourself to think that because I'm a Christian, I can still do whatever I want to. It doesn't work that way. It's not that God is damning you to hell or anything. It's because yourself, the choices you make are going to lead you that way. It's going to lead you to death. It's going to lead you to a life of pain, hurt, struggle. Just because we go through struggle and we're tempted and there's challenges doesn't mean that you have to be defeated in those areas. Do you know that you can still have victory in those areas when you're going through it? You know, I guarantee you anyone that knew that they were going to have victory in a battle, they saw themselves already winners. They saw that they were already going to win. They saw that, you know what, there's no way I'm going to be defeated. You've got to have that kind of attitude. I'm not going to be defeated by sin. I'm not going to be uh, discouraged and beaten and depressed and anxious. None of that. No, I'm going to know. I'm going to have it in my heart and, and a knowing and just a stirring up within me saying, you know what? I'm a winner. I'm a victor because of Christ, because of what he's done at the cross for me, what he did 2,000 years ago when he gave his life for me, when he provided the answer. The cause is greater than the condition. The cause is greater than the condition. What is that cause? The gospel. It's greater than your condition, whatever that condition may be. We see that because of Jesus and what he did, if you continue to read, Simon Peter gets on his knees and says, depart from me for I am a sinful man. It was because of the gospel that showed him that he was a sinner. The gospel revealed 
what type of man he was. The gospel will reveal what type of person you are. And it's for a purpose. It's to turn and change. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching me. Another, another part, in the, uh, I think it's in Mark, it says that you will be fishers of men. You're no longer just going to catch fish. You're going to be fishers of men. We are fishers of men. And no matter your condition, you might be a sinful person, you know. You may have a whole bunch of issues right now. You may be caught in lies, deceit, and it might be so overwhelming right now, you don't even know how to get free from it. But let me tell you, the cause is greater. See, the condition that you have, the weakness, the sin, whatever you want to call it, I'm going to call it condition for the sake of wording, has already been taken care of within the cause. <laughs> the gospel's taken care of it. He's taken care of it. Jesus is taking care of it. So as you are pursuing God, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you have, no matter what you're doing, knowing as you are pursuing him, this very cause has covered your condition. Does that give us a right to do it? No. That empowers us to not do it. That causes us to not want to do it. I don't know about you, but the more I'm in the presence of God, the more I spend time with God every day, I don't want to sin. I don't want to fail him. I don't, I don't want to live for the things of this world. And if you say, that's not how I feel right now, then let's look back at your life. What's stopping you from having a daily encounter with him? What's stopping you from partaking of the bread daily, from being in his presence daily? Because that's where it is. It's not a Sunday morning thing. It can't be, guys. It's not, it's not good enough. It won't do you any good. It's more than that. It's a life change. There's a cost to it. I got so much more notes, but I think I'm going to stop here. And I'm going to say this for the next time. But let me say this. In my closing. Right now, I didn't know exactly how it was going to end. But I feel even after Pastor Brian speaking and Mike speaking, that this is what the Spirit of God wants. There's things in your life that you need to eradicate. And what do I mean by eradicate? Meaning you need to rightly appropriate what God has already done in you. And maybe you haven't come to the knowledge and understanding of that, but let me help you today. You are free. Maybe you don't feel free. You don't see yourself free. But if you are a follower of Christ, if you are a Christian and you name the name of Jesus and you've accepted him in your heart and you said, I'll follow you, you are Lord, you are Savior, then you're free. And how do you get right if you are continuing to live under the dominion of sin, being a slave to it, being chained to it? How do you get free? It's turning from it. Turn. Change your course. Set your focus on him. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, Go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry 
and messages.